Welcome to From the Well, a podcast from the Academy for Spiritual Formation. We invite you to take the time to pause, center, and listen deeply. The content you will hear contains excerpts from faculty presentations recorded at Academy for Spiritual Formation events. The Academy is an international program ministry of the Upper Room that provides courses of retreat and study steeped in the rhythms and practices of contemplative life. For more information, please visit our website at academy.upperroom.org. We hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Kristen Vincent. You know, the world is a beautiful place. We are surrounded by the majesty of God's creation in nature, in the birth of a baby, in laughter and tears, in the things that strike us with awe. God is everywhere. And yet the world is also a messy place, full of violence, heartbreak, betrayal, and poverty, signs of our collective sin and brokenness. As Martin Luther King, whose birthday we celebrate this month, reminds us, one clear sign of our brokenness is in the discrimination of African Americans. Today, more than 40 years after King's death, Things aren't much better. We're continually flooded with news of innocent black men being gunned down by police, racial profiling, higher poverty and imprisonment rates among African Americans, and even the poisoning of an entire city's drinking water. It seems we cannot get away from choosing between who's in and who's out, who gets quality health care and education, and who doesn't, who gets quality drinking water, and who doesn't. Who is treated with equality and respect, and who isn't? Who is given opportunities to thrive, and who isn't? Unfortunately, the same seems to be true in our churches. Our places of worship are still largely segregated. Our mission efforts are still primarily one-sided, focused less on relationship building and more on our own convenience and comfort level. Our actions reflect those of the broader culture. Yet as Christians, we're called to do things differently. Trevor Hudson, a pastor from South Africa and author of the new book, Beyond Loneliness, The Gift of God's Friendship, which is now available through Upper Room Books, offers a wonderful parable about how we can't choose who's in or who's out. I remember taking my son for his first bus ride. We used, I grew up on buses. We got onto this public bus, double-decker, and um, I was sitting with him, and in the front of us, there's this guy who's got a terrible sniff. Terrible. I'm not going to demonstrate. Right? It's like terrible. <laughs> and Mark says to me, that my son's now, Dad, could we just, he's about six, seven years of age, can we ask him just to get off the bus? <laughs> so I say to my son, it's like this is a gospel moment. Son, if we want to be on the bus, we've got to put up with the sniffer. Otherwise, we've got to get off the bus. Does this make sense? You know, Jesus brings people and they sniff. They really do sniff. And let me say something else. We sniff to others. And the mess has to be accepted. It's within this mess that Christ is present. 
It's within this mess that Christ is present. And what am I trying to say? Get to a gospel address of difference, of mess. And it's within this that Christ reveals himself and, and changes us. If we want to see the risen Christ, we must be willing to be with those who are different from us. We must be willing to sit with and get to know people we don't understand or feel comfortable with. We must join them in humility, recognizing that we too are messy and different and sniff. Relationships are messy. The gospel even is messy, but it is there that we encounter the embodied love of Christ. Fortunately for us, there are people in our midst who have already figured this out. Dr. Sophia Fasua, a professor at Indiana Wesleyan University, describes the emerging emergent church and how this new way of doing church is changing the face of Christianity. Here, she shares data on what the millennial generation, people with birth dates ranging from the early 1980s to the early 2000s, think about the church. They are not bound by denominational loyalties. They are listening for the implications of your faith. Okay, you say you have faith. What's it doing? How's that working for you? Seriously. And they want to know about lifestyle implications. They're not looking for legalism. They're looking for a rule of life that will govern how they deal with their daily affairs, and they're looking for lives of service. I was most impressed that this generation was going to do something phenomenal when we visited as the Academy for Evangelism and Theological Education some years ago. We visited Chicago and found an intentional community that had let their leases expire or broken their leases in the suburbs and moved to Midtown in Chicago to stabilize neighborhoods. They were Christians, they were millennials, and they weren't worried about whether they had a church or a church building. They were kind of a house church group. And they moved back into the neighborhood to be Christian witness and to be a stabilizing influence in a troubled area. That's what millennials are more likely to do, to put their entire efforts and their money and their finances into going into places where they can make a difference. They value places of worship where their multicultural friends are also welcome because these, this is our rainbow generation. We're talking about rainbow people, people of every stripe. This is our rainbow generation. And if all my friends can't come to church, none of us are coming. This rainbow generation, as Dr. Fasua describes them, offers hope to the church. If we can follow their lead, our young people can teach us how to bridge the great divide when it comes to race. We can learn from them how to develop relationships with people who are different from us. We can learn how to be equal partners in ministry with those we do not understand or feel comfortable around. We can learn how to be the church. Indeed, Trevor Hudson teaches that the purpose of the gospel, the revelation of Jesus Christ, is fellowship, shared life, friendship. But at the heart of the Christian faith, there is the experience of friendship. I do not want to throw proof texts at you in any way. But I've always been struck by the way Jesus' closest friend described the purpose of the gospel. Do you remember John writing in his letter, 1 John chapter 1, make a note of that, 
and you may like to look at it in the quiet, 1 John chapter 1. And John writes these words. I'm going to quote him from memory, and I might get it wrong a little bit in one, one or two words here, that what we've seen and heard, what we've seen and heard, we declare to you. He's talking about the word of life, Jesus. He says, what we've seen and heard, we declare to you so that now comes the purpose of the gospel. So that you may have fellowship with us. Horizontal. Fellowship. Koinonia. Shared life. Dare I say, friendship. How do you have fellowship without friendship? So that you may have fellowship slash shared life slash friendship with us. And our fellowship slash friendship slash shared life is with the Father and with the Son. That we have been created for intimate friendship with each other and with the creative community that we call the Trinity. Friendship lies at the heart of the gospel. On the other hand, the other conviction that was burnt into my heart was that it's within the context of friendship that transformation happens. We talk a lot about transformation. I think we talk a little bit too much about it. We need to see a little bit of more of it. But it's within the context of friendship that we are changed. If we are to be Christian, we must be willing to be friends with Jesus, and that comes through friendship with people. And this friendship is not what we traditionally understand it to be, a relationship with people who are like us, who enjoy the same things we do, the people with whom we feel a connection. No, the friendship we are called to is a relationship with all people, including, and especially, those who are not like us, those we don't understand. As Dr. Fasua shares, one way that the emerging emergent church is modeling this type of friendship is through new monastic communities. These communities are being created by people who are willing to live in community with people who are different and share the fellowship of Christ. Bart Campolo is Tony Campolo's son, and he has chosen to relocate to the slums. And he said he didn't go there to preach, he went there just to live to live and to be present for his neighbors. Now, uh, that has taken some very strange twists and turns, but he made that commitment to go to a slummy area of Cincinnati and to be there and to be present and to be Christian just in that community. He said, I didn't come to preach. I didn't come to hold Bible studies. I didn't come to do any of that. I just came to be, be present. We are finding a movement of young people who are taking that route so the whole issue of engagement, a lot of our, our emerging, emergent folks want to be engaged with the cities and towns. They're not running to the suburbs. They're coming out. They're letting their leases expire or they're breaking their leases and they're moving back where the trouble is so that they can be Christ to them. 
Brother, sister, let me serve you. Let me be as Christ to you. That's what they're doing. We may not all be called to pick up and move to another neighborhood to live in community with people. That's okay. The point is that we are called to find ways to step out of our comfort zones and develop relationships with those who are different from us, people who are marginalized and need to know the love of Christ. What does that look like for you? What one thing can you do differently today to begin to see others differently and to offer friendship? Keep in mind that the only way this will work is if we do not have an agenda, if we do not come with the purpose of preaching or converting or maintaining control of the situation. Indeed, for friendship to work, we must enter in as equals, recognizing that we all are messy, that we all sniff, that we all are in need of God's transformational love. It's not up to us to decide who's in or who's out. That's the good news. We are all in. God created the world for all of us to enjoy together with God. That's what God's friendship is about. That will be the way we fully experience the beauty of God's creation. Thanks be to God, and thanks for joining me. We hope you enjoy this installment of From the Well, a podcast from the Academy for Spiritual Formation. We encourage you to visit our website at academy.upperroom.org to learn more about our ministry and to continue the conversation about today's topic. You can join our mail list from the contact page, and you can also find us on Facebook. From the Well is now available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Just search for From the Well or Academy for Spiritual Formation from within any of those services. From there, you can subscribe to our monthly podcast, find previous episodes, offer comments, and share it with others. Thank you, and blessings on your journey.